Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your host, Kevin and Aisha Shelton, and we're back with our series with Citizens Trust Bank. Welcome back, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Excited to be here again. We are excited to have you. Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> so this is continuing our series, Cracking the Code. Um, this week, we'll be talking about navigating a home buying and real estate investing experience as an entrepreneur couple. So, of course, being entrepreneurs is super, super hot these days. Everybody wants to work for themselves. No bosses, no nothing, just whatever. And a lot of people don't understand how hard that makes it to get along. Right. So one of the things that I wanted the, the purpose of this episode to do is to demystify uh, what it's like barring self-employed uh, or as entrepreneurs and what are some of the things that entrepreneurs can do to help put themselves in a good position, as well as some of the things that they may need to think about when they're trying to purchase a home, purchase an investment property, uh, or engage in the lending process being self-employed. Yeah, I'll tell you, we we were when we were the most bankable, Kevin and I were the most bankable when we both had W-2 incomes. And so we jumped out into this, yeah, very, very good. We jumped out into this entrepreneurial space and, you know, find ourselves found ourselves um, with less bankability um, because we didn't have that consistent income. And so while we enjoy the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and also the ability to grow our company and a legacy for our family, it does make lending a little bit more trickier than traditional lending for those of us that have W-2 jobs. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this today. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you again for having us. Um, we do appreciate the platform because this is truly, like you said, a hot, hot topic. I think the bulk of our clients that come through now are truly clients that are entrepreneurs. And rightfully so, this is the time. We know this is what everybody's saying. We're going to be our own boss. But with that, like you said, it does come with some challenges and some hurdles. Um, A lot of things that we run into people who become entrepreneurs and then automatically think because they just started this, that they can automatically join into a realm of getting financing, you know, being able to obtain certain things. And that's that's not the case. It is going to take some time. It does take some seasoning of your entrepreneurship in order for us to utilize, you know, the income that you're starting to generate. Um, And then documentation purposes is just the key piece to all of this. Being able to document it for um, for some time, we look at um, time frame, whether it's 12 months or 24 months, but we need a time frame to show that you've been consistent with your deposits of what you receive from, you know, invoices or, you know, services rendered. And also just being able to document the fact that you're showing this on your tax returns. I hate to bring that up, but that is the most important piece of becoming an entrepreneur and still trying to get financing. Um, We look at those tax returns in most instances. Um, We have other other areas where we don't have to, and we'll talk about that in a second. But like you said, there are hurdles. Um, There's um, different obstacles that does come with being an entrepreneur. Sharon, I'm going to let you jump in and, and give a little bit as well. Okay, uh, just to elaborate on it, when you say tax returns as a big issue uh, for a startup businesses, in most cases, most startup businesses need to 
expense off as much as they can when they file their tax returns. That's just the way of doing business initially. But it really, really comes back to haunt you quickly because you need those tax returns to apply for a loan. So when you bring out those tax returns and when the lender sees that your adjusted gross income, meaning you made $150,000 with your bottom line income that you actually paid taxes on was only $50,000. Well, guess what? That's the income that you'll have to qualify on. And yes. when it comes down to that, it just changes the picture dramatically. And it's an adjustment for most entrepreneurs because they're, sh they're saying, gee whiz, but we understand the principle that you operate on. And it's nothing unrealistic about that. But you have to be um, conscientious of the fact that it takes time. And again, it goes back to even if you're W-2, we have to have 24 months history of employment. So showing two years of employment is equivalent to showing almost two years of business history. So if there's no history financially for the business, and then we're looking at tax returns that show adjusted gross income, then, you know, that's where the big problems come in for entrepreneurs. That's the gray area that, um, you know, they've got to deal with uh, on the front end of how do I file my tax returns? How much of my income am I going to pay taxes on? So keep in mind, that adjustable gross income is what you'll be using as what we call qualifiable income. And see, you're, you're being real kind because uh, most entrepreneurs tax returns showing two dollars. Yes. <laughs> it's not 50000 It's like $2. How can I not pay taxes at all on this money? Well, what's, what, what we always tell our audiences, you know, as entrepreneurs and real estate investors, you know, we're planning. We If you're going to buy a house, there needs to be a plan for that house, right? It, what your financial future looks like and the moves that you're going to make, you, you plan those two, three, five years in advance. So if you know you want a particular house or you want to build a house or whatever that looks like, you know, you evaluate where you are in life right now and where you want to be and what will get you there. So sometimes, and we've advised clients this before, like, hey, wait, don't quit your job just yet. Get you some property with your tax returns from your, with your W-2 income and yes. then ease into that entrepreneurship. But I think the internet makes entrepreneurship look so sexy that everybody just kind of jumps right in. And if I'm being fully transparent, we jumped right in and not saying we didn't have a plan because we very much had a plan. Look at Kevin. This Here's the marriage of this marriage and real estate podcast. I'm not saying we didn't have a plan because we did have a plan. What I'm saying is when we look back with hindsight being 2020, we would have done things differently. That's all I'm saying. So No, no. so I, I agree with you there. I think the difference and this is we married, so y'all got to, you know, give it with a grain of salt. But I'm the financial planner. She's the saver and financial executor in our marriage. Right. So I'm looking long term to say, OK, here's what we need to do and here's how we get there. But on a day to day, that's not my strength. The day to day is her strength. Right. So I worked for a bank. I left my job at a bank to, you know, go full time entrepreneurial. So. One of the things that I knew was lending would be much harder once we left those jobs. So yes. there are several things that we did before we left our jobs. We put insurance in place. Yes. So death, disability, life insurance based on our salaries. Mm -hmm. We bought cars before we left our jobs and we had already bought a house the year before we left our jobs. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
Literally, we had everything that we needed. What we're experiencing now is the second level of growth as entrepreneurs. It's mm-hmm. a four-year life cycle change, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's time for new cars, which mm-hmm. she already got a new car that her business bought, so she's fine. And then, you know, house growth, family growth, all those things happen. So this is kind of the mm-hmm. second iteration of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more of an advanced level step for entrepreneurs. It's like, okay, you did what you needed to do. Now, how do you grow from that? Um, so that's the journey for us now. It's like, how do you figure out the next house and not necessarily getting in a house, but the dream house. So that mm-hmm. does take a two to three year level of planning yes. in order to execute. But um, no, 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 we had a plan, darling. Sorry. Yes. It sounds awesome too. I commend you from taking those steps because how many people we know, you probably are in the five percentile of the entrepreneurs that jumped out with the plan in that was executed before they became entrepreneurs like that. Like you said, the car, the home, the insurance. Oh my goodness, can't even talk about the insurance. I work for a bank. That That is those things right there in our community are things that are taboo. So to know that you did that and now you're educating everybody now to understand these are so important pieces before you become an entrepreneur. Yes, being your own boss, like you said, is so sexy. It is the best thing. But if you don't have your measures in place, it is going to be the most heart wrenching situation you put yourself in because you're never going to qualify for anything. I think we noticed on the bank side that we have um, so many 1099, so many contractors, so many entrepreneurs coming in and they want to develop some type of business plan, some book of business of their own, a portfolio and don't have a clue. So they dealt with their CPAs and they filed their taxes. And like you said, they're showing little or no money on their tax return. So we can't utilize that. So I think a good thing that we do have in place is that there's another non-traditional method when you're dealing with entrepreneurs, but it still requires seasoning. So if we can't use your tax returns because you show no money, then we can utilize other forms such as your bank deposits, you know, what you get from PayPal. But with that being said, we need 12 months of that. We need 24 months of that to determine a real average of what your income stream may have been over the months that we're going to be looking at. So there are ways to work around if your tax returns does not prevent present a position where we can move forward, but still it all requires time. So when you're talking about people coming in right away, they're entrepreneurs and they want to buy the house now, it still is not going to happen like that. There is planning that's required. Yeah. Um, you see people with, with high incomes as entrepreneurs and they are frustrated and don't understand why they can't get the loan that they want or why they can't get a loan. They're like, look at this money. I have this money here. Yes. But like you said, what you're looking for is the trends and the averages and what that money um, in the ability to repay that loan. And yes. so what you made money for the last six months in your business and that's great. And you have this great amount, this large amount of money. However, we need to be able to know your propensity and ability to pay the mortgage in the future. What's interesting is I don't think people think about the long-term effects of entrepreneurship and not in a negative way, but in a, just a, a kind of future planning standpoint, right? Like it's like the gig worker economy right now. You might be Instacarting or Uber driving or whatever in mm-hmm. 10 years from now, you're going to be Uber carding or Instacarting. So you want to get a 30 year loan, but you got a two year plan. And the mm-hmm. problem with that is a bank can't 
justify, you know what I mean? That kind of balance. So I think a lot of people think making money right now or, you know, the last two years, you know, not barring the second half of 2022, but from 2020, basically since the pandemic lightened up a little bit, mm-hmm. it was gangbusters until, you know, the Fed kind of buttoned it down. So people mm-hmm. are so used to all of that money being in the market and kind of the craziness and people kind of forgot like this is what the world was before right like it wasn't all this money in the world before and now uh, the real kind of ramifications of the lifestyle of entrepreneurship actually come home so you see all these people who have been doing airbnbs for the last 18 months or had been doing you know I had a car wash business, mobile detailing business or whatever. And now you're trying to make some long-term decisions now that the the market is changing and it's not as hot. It's a harder thing to do. What are some of the unique considerations that people need to make for the entrepreneurial lifestyle, right? Like what are the things that they need to, in addition to taxes, in addition to, you know, maybe credit, but just as far as planning their life, like what are some of the things that they need to think about? Is it a banking relationship? Is it making sure that they have, you know, the right structure in their entity to make sure that um, the way that those 1099s are coming in, it actually helps them, not hurts them, things like that. Well, I think there are, some, there are entities out there that help small businesses. Believe it or not, just like we talk about home buyer education, there's uh, business and there's training and development for small businesses to help them to understand how they should, you know, the process and the procedures, the type of documentation, how they need to structure their businesses. Uh, you know, a lot of businesses come to us and they don't realize they not only need a business plan, they need an operating plan. And if you really get down into it, that operating plan needs to be consistent with that business plan because that's going to show how you're going to do what you're going to do. So with that operating plan, they can make projections and they can plan better the kind of things and activities they want to do in the future because they know we're going to have five employees or we're going to have 10 employees. We got to pay taxes for all the employees, insurance and benefits, all these things. They'll have a clear picture of everything that it takes to operate that business. So that's an important part for them on the in the front end, you know, to have their financial structure in place and their operational structure in place. And then that helps that business to develop and become profitable. Because again, it's uh as as every as we all keep iterating, reiterating, it's a time process. And yeah. with that time, they can develop the documentation that they need. They can develop the processes that are required for them to get where they're trying to go. It's not just, you know, you come out of the gate with a, um, a bank account and some bank statements. But how did you get there? How did you make this money? How did it happen? And lenders really get into that documentation and underwriters definitely get into it. So if somebody has a cash business, does that hurt them? Like, you know, a barber or a girl who does hair or something like that. Like if if somebody does something and it's on a cash basis, and they may have taxes, but it's not it's not perfectly lining up. How can they navigate that process? Uh, with bank statements, mm-hmm. if they're make if they're making uh, regular deposits, then those bank statements are going to coincide with. We'll ask them to give us a P and L statement, which is a profit and loss statement, which is nothing but expenses and income and your bottom line. 
So you'll be able to take that profit and loss statement and compare it to that bank statement. And you will actually see that money flowing into the business. You'll see the expenses that are coming out on that P&L. And then you can get to that bottom line figure on that P&L statement. And it should coincide with those balances in that checking account. So that becomes a, a track record that lenders can use, a practice that they can use. And there are uh, there are products in the lending side now that we have that we can use those tools to help those types of entrepreneurs. But again, it goes back to documentation, record keeping and operations. Right. Absolutely. We, we even look at your PayPal accounts. We think about PayPal wasn't u- utilized before, but now you're getting monthly statements. So if they're using PayPal. So once again, it goes back to strategy and planning as a new entrepreneur. These are going to be the methods of payments I receive for not just to make it convenient for my customer base, but to make it more feasible for me when I'm ready to finance, because now I have the documentation to show Here's my consistent deposits, whether it's coming into my bank account by Zelle, whether it's coming into my PayPal, because that's how you chose to pay me. But now I have a documentation trail that I can utilize to help with financing. I think the key component is getting yourself educated in the beginning to know the steps you need to put in place. Yeah. One of the things that I'll definitely, um, and and this is a, a credit to my wife. Uh, I agree with you a thousand percent on the education piece and the resource piece. I know for us, when we started the entrepreneurships out of the journey coming from W2, there were so many systems in the businesses that we worked for that were in place that have been so hard to adapt to or, or put in our own business because it was kind of that lack of information piece. So one of the things that Aisha introduced us to, especially as we went through challenges in our business, we didn't know that, well, I didn't know that there are resources like SCORE out there, mm-hmm. uh, which is retired executives uh, coaching small businesses. And I, it was a bunch of old white men sitting in a room that had made a bunch of money and did a bunch of stuff and they could sit down with you and show you your business and like, oh, what's this and this and that. Uh, And that was just eye opening because I was like, hold on, this a whole free service that nobody knows about. And I don't think many of the entrepreneurs, you know, in our community know about that. Right. Or using a CFO service, using a good bookkeeper. You know, we know to do a CPA. But to generate these reports and these documents that you guys have done, even a PL, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that to, to be able to generate that on their own, right? So right. what are some of the, the resources that you guys think an entrepreneur needs, whether it's a CFO or a bookkeeping service or a good attorney that you guys recommend for them to use to put to start to put together these plans? You know, these services that you're talking about, for one thing, for a new business, they can be expensive. And I think that deters a lot of new businesses from really seeking those types of resources on the level that they need them. But there are some agencies out there, um, federal agencies, state agencies, uh, even SBA has a program for entrepreneurs, beginning businessmen that can help them to develop. And Citizens Trust Bank is one of the strongest SBA lenders uh, in our region right now. We've uh, we've done a lot of SBA lending, but they have some direct programs and training for small businesses so that they teach them how to use those uh, programs and those loan programs and those grant programs that SBA has out there. So uh, all the resources are not costly. It's just a matter of finding out where they are. And, and that's, a, again, a tribute to us in the community that, you know, we work 
for the community fully. So being an SBA lender, we've been able to support a lot of small businesses and a lot of our executives teach those classes and uh, are able to help those uh, businesses to develop the kind of using the kind of resources that they need to develop that business. And it's kind of hard when you first go in and you sit down with the loan officer, business loan officer, and he tells you you're not ready. But it's not so bad when you walk out. He tells you you were not ready, but he also tells you, I'm going to, here's the list of classes. These classes are free. You can enroll in these classes and help to develop your business plan, your operating plan. And we're here to help you with your bank account and guide you in the directions of getting that account set up to work with you. Uh, some lenders even do the merchant accounts, so forth and so on. And all those things, it starts to come together for a new business when they can have those kind of resources available to them. But um, urban leagues are in, you know, they have affiliates all over the country and that's one of their strong suits. And they've been in existence for over a hundred years, but business development is one of their stronger programs. And I know they teach the classes uh, through United Way. So there's a host of agencies out there, reputable agencies that can help small businesses develop. I love it. I love it because these are all the things that people don't think about when they start a business. They're just so, so happy to not have to report to somebody's job or somebody's whatever. And they're not thinking about all these other things that go into it, because at the end, everybody got a job. Everybody has a boss, even if your boss is the bank or even if your boss is the customer, even if your boss is, uh, you know, the client that you ultimately want to sell to. So, you know, people have to think about all the components that go into it and then how to live your best regular life while being a self-employed individual. And, and those things aren't necessarily communicated all the time, right? They, they don't put them together. So you got entrepreneurial lifestyle, and then all the stuff that you want in life. And a lot of times the stuff that you want in life is tied to a job that you don't want to have anymore. So you got to figure out the intersection of those two things. So, you Absolutely. know, I appreciate you guys for shedding light on that. Any last words of wisdom on this topic uh, just to, to help people start the process? And then again, give them your community or your uh, contact information. Absolutely. So I, one, one more thing just to add to that. When you do become an entrepreneur and you see that you're generating good income streams, find out who's a reputable uh, financial institution, a reputable bank, because you do want to develop a banking relationship with someone, not with transactions, but with someone or a group of people individually that do this type of business in that structure. So what I'm saying is go into your financial institution, figure out who are the people there that can help you understand that you're making the right steps by being in the right account, making sure your deposits are consistent and showing because what happens in a lot of those situations is you develop a good business deposit relationship. Then when it's time for you to start expanding, they'll look at that and maybe exclude some of the other things that may have been hurdles for you. But because you now have a banking relationship with a nice average, that helps them make a decision to say, you know what, we're going to give them a try because they've been consistently depositing on a regular basis. And the good thing is that you're dealing with the 
financial institution that may have the means to be flexible. So that will be flexible, that will look over and say, hey, they have other attributes. That doesn't mean that they're not going to have the means, the ability to repay. It looks like it just based off of deposits in our relationship that we have. So if you don't do anything else, as you start into moving, moving to this, make sure you develop a good banking relationship and a good contact with someone at that institution. So you can start building your book of business. I think that is truly one of the most important key factors. And then as, as Ms. Kelly has said, and, and you all have said, just make sure you make a plan before you step out on faith, which we know you need to, and this is awesome to do, but make sure when you leave that W-2 that your, your position is strong with everything else. I commend you guys once again for what you did before you stepped out because I just, I hear those things that you said you did. And that's just not something that we think about and we get caught up in the end and, and end up paying the heaviest on the back end. A lot of friends have not taken our advice. I'll say that. We've had lots of other couples who wanted to do similar things. I was like, look, before you do it, just do these things. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. Start giving them cell phone numbers out, though. Uh, people need a yes. place. Where y'all <laughs> yes. at? Uh, <laughs> Once again, I'm Yolanda Mumford. I'm the mortgage operations manager at Citizens Trust. You can contact me at um, all of our social media platforms or on our website at www ctbconnect.com um, and you can reach us at 678-406-4135 and Miss Kelly, I'll let you give them your last contact info, please. Of course. Again, this is Sharon Kelly with Citizens Trust Bank. We love our work, but we love our clients as well. And you can reach me at 404-217-9983. Thanks. That's the cell phone number. See, there you it go. Oh. <laughs> That's going to get you right in the dough. You don't have to worry. Yeah. We have a relationship. relationship. Starts Absolutely. with a cell phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, thank you, guys. And please like and follow the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, and check out all the amazing things that CTB has to offer. And we want to just thank you guys again for sharing this information with our audience. We know how important it is for our community to have access to competent um, people in their corner in the financial space. And we appreciate you guys for serving our community for over 100 years. And uh, we look forward to not only growing uh, the relationships through our audience, but also we doing some banging with y'all too. So we're thankful for that too. And uh no, this has been the Managing Real Estate Podcast. Aisha, you got any last words before we out? Nope. Just check out Citizens Trust. I mean, we've enjoyed our relationship. I'm sure you guys will too. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. All right. This is Managing Real Estate Podcast. We out.